conversations that matter to you. We need proper representation. Time for Fridays with Fry. With Russell Fry on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Is this his request? No, this is his walk-up song at all times. Oh. <laughs> all walk-up songs supersede requests. I got it. <laughs> I was like, Those oh, are the that rules. Was, that was Bird in this song. Some folks are born made to wave the flag. Ooh, they're red, white, and blue. All right. Here he is, the man of the segment. It is uh, the congressman. Russell Fry. Good morning. Good morning. Man of the segment. I think I like that. <laughs> man of the segment. It's like slightly I, above, I, I don't man know. Man of the hour? Yeah, you have to get I, it. But not it as might, good as man of the year. Man of the year. Right. It might be below man of the hour. I don't know. We'll have to see that. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. So tell us, uh, you know, we saw, first of all, the um, the first speech you gave. We played a little clip of it. Uh, you giving your uh, up and away spy balloon, hey, over my neighborhood, what the heck are you people thinking right. speech. Um, what what did what did that feel like? First of all, it was really impactful. I actually, when I walked up to the podium, I just I sat there for a moment and I'm thinking to myself, "You're about to give your first speech in the most deliberative place in the world," and mm. it just is it you know just kind of hits you. You know mm -hmm. that you see this on TV, you see it on C-SPAN, you see people make speeches, um, but then to do it, I think, was really um, special. And then just about the seriousness of the subject yeah. you know, oh, it was not a it was not a joking uh or a, no. an inconsequential thing that we were dealing with uh, with the spy balloon um you know and i, I kind of chuckle sometimes i never thought when i first got sworn in or ran for office that we would be talking about a chinese spy balloon mm -hmm. over surfside beach south carolina <laughs> but here we are here well, we Biden administration. <laughs> exactly. What do you make of them talking about that there were others throughout, um, you know, Trump's administration and other administrations? Is that true? We're still trying to determine. I don't know. And here's the thing. I mean, if you look, John Bolton has denied it. And John Bolton is no friend of the president's. Mm -hmm, right? right. So you have these people who are saying we've we've not been aware of this. So either if there was higher ups were not briefed when they should have been mm -hmm. uh, but to me look it, it's like Pete Buttigieg i mean just yesterday he he blamed the you know <laughs> the trump administration for basically why he can't do his job and they just any time that there is an issue mm -hmm. with this administration they just blame trump Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, yeah. that's that's their that was Orange their strategy in 2020. <laughs> that was their strategy in 2022. Yeah. Anytime th something goes bad, they just say, well, Trump. And then, you know, the, of course, the mainstream media just falls right for it every single mm -hmm. time. So um, it's it's been. Well, here, case in point, the border problems. Mm -hmm. um, we have never seen this many people crossing the border illegally. We have never seen this many this much fentanyl coming across the border. The uh, cartel has been empowered by the Biden administration, made into billion, multi-billionaires because right. of it. Um, and the deaths of young people because of fentanyl keeps increasing under Biden's watch. Uh, they still blame that on Trump. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have the best border that we know of under Trump. Correct. And you've had people that have said that. And it's, it's again, it's amazing to me. I mean, yesterday there was a hearing uh, it was a, I think, an energy and commerce hearing, uh, but it was near the border uh, or was in Texas. And they had one of the Democrat witnesses said that the fentanyl crisis was a Republican talking point. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
107,000 people died of overdoses yeah. last year. Most of that attributed to fentanyl. We know that it's coming across the southern border. Mm-hmm. We know, and, and of course, that you know, the distraction. My first hearing was about the border, and I was on it was in House Judiciary, and we're sitting there. And the chairman, uh, Jim Jordan, speaks first. He's the chairman, so he gives his remarks. Then the ranking member of the of the committee, which is the Dem, uh, speaks second. Um, and so Gerald Nadler, you know, the mm, infamous yes. Jerry Nadler, says that we were imagining a border crisis. I'm sorry. Now? Still? Yeah. He's saying this? this is, I'm, I'm going, oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh, these people just, they live in fantasy land. And it's just so frustrating because... Fentanyl doesn't kill Republicans or Democrats. It kills right. both. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't kill black or white. It kills both. And and to, to sit there and just gaslight people and pretend like facts don't mm-hmm. exist and that we live in Never Never Land, I just don't understand right, it. Right, right. I don't get it either. It's very frustrating for us. Now, we saw that uh, Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, was down there with some freshmen uh, members of the House. And uh, you're actually going to be heading there next week. Yeah, next uh, next Wednesday we fly out. We go to Yuma, Arizona. Uh, is part of um, Republicans taking back the majority. We're doing regional meetings, <clears throat> and so where there's an issue that impacts the American people, we're going straight to the source. That's amazing. Uh, Has so that been done before? Possibly in the past, but again, I think it's so important. Let's bring the let's bring the committee hearings to the people. Right. Not yeah. all things need to come out of Washington. And, and certainly there's a place for committee hearings up there. But you know, if you're going to talk about the border, go to the border, have a hearing at the border, talk to the people who are impacted, the families, the farmers, the ranchers, the Border Patrol. I mean, there is just an endless list of people that you could talk to that live it every single day. So as part of this, will they be Democrats coming along? No. And I, we've got word of that yesterday. And they're that, not coming there. That, that again. Is, were they invited? They were invited. Yeah. This is a an official oh committee gosh. hearing. Uh, and I'm just so surprised by it because, again, this affects every state, every single state, yeah. every single city and town across this country is a border town, is a border state. Uh, so for Democrats to just not show up, I think, is reprehensible. Well, as you know, um, Horry County has been on the map for the most overdose deaths in the state of South Carolina. And you probably heard that the state legislature was taking up um, that fentanyl bill again to put some teeth on it so that those who are dealing fentanyl can now be prosecuted for it. Right. Finally. Now, was that your bill originally? It was my bill. I filed it four years ago and, you know, could not get traction in the Senate. Uh, could not get traction in the House. Uh, I think with people, with members of of the General Assembly, I could get traction with. But there were a few members that wanted to bottle it up um, and not not make it go anywhere. And and I'm going, guys, this is this is reaching a crisis point in our state. And again, it's not a cure all, but it does it give law enforcement better teeth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And they so can actually I'm, do I'm glad that, that they're finally taking that step to push it through. What do you think is going to be uncovered when you go to that border um, hearing? What What are you it, it, when you go and do these types of things? Is there like a mission or a line of questioning or something? So you'll have Republicans will have witnesses. Democrats, um, if they show up for work, uh, will will have an opportunity for a witness. Uh, but here, I think you're going to hear from families, from people that are on the border, uh, both personnel uh, and people who have 
uh, who live it. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we did, I've, I've never done a hearing like that in Congress, just got there, but when we did the opioid hearings, we traveled the state and we always heard from families, from people in long term recovery, from law enforcement, from educators, medical professionals. I mean, it, it actually was really good uh, for us uh, to hear the personal stories yeah. and to hear what on the ground they were seeing because it really helped us make good policy decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm hopeful um, and, and I'm optimistic and, and I'm excited to see. Uh, the state of the border, uh, because I think it's going to enable us to do our job better. Well, you're going to, speaking of that, you're going to be actually taking a tour. So what part, see, a lot of us don't understand the geography of it all. Mm -hmm. There are different sectors along the border that have different um, ways of handling it and and different states and governors. So you're going to be in Arizona. What do you expect to see when you tour that part of the border? What is there generally? Well, we're going to see, you know, obviously we're going to see the portion that that has a fence, I would imagine, um, that has the wall. We're going to see portions that are that do not. <clears throat> We're going to talk to um, agents on the ground, uh, what they're seeing um, from a cartel perspective, from a fentanyl, from a human trafficking and smuggling perspective. Uh, we're going to talk to you know family members and people who live there. I mean, there are people who live right there. And and when I was in New Mexico, um, I think in September or so, October. Uh, was there to was campaigning for different members of Congress or people who were running. And there was a rancher that said, you know, I feel we our house is in the middle of a, basically a vacant field. Uh, there's no trees for miles. Uh, it's just a house. And, and we feel like because we're so close to the border, we feel like sitting ducks mm-hmm. uh, because people – you know, they're they're kind of exposed right there on the, the open terrain. And, and a lot of those people are in desperate situations. Correct. They're hungry, they're tired, they're sick. Need water. They're, they, yeah. And they, they don't have the money to pay the, the cartel that brought them there and they owe money and they get desperate. Yeah. And desperate people do desperate things, as we know. So it is very frightening. Um, we're speaking with Congressman Russell Fry, Fridays with Fry segment that we do every other week. Um, something else that you were involved in was the Twitter files. Is this in the Judiciary or the Oversight? Oversight. Oversight Committee. All right. So we're moving into the Oversight Committee. Um, what did you see? We I saw there was one woman that was saying that uh, they regretted blocking the Hunter Biden story. Did you hear a lot of regret? Oh, I'm sorry. Oops. We made a mistake. Oh, we shouldn't have done that type of thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there were some things that they pushed back on. Um, And this is, again, this is not the, this is, in my opinion, this is going to be the first of several hearings that we have. But they regretted it. That was the biggest takeaway was for for years, we suspected that Russia uh, was not really involved in this, that it was Twitter executives making decisions with government officials uh, or on their own to, to censor American voices. And... So out of that committee hearing, and of course the Hunter Biden thing was Russian disinformation, if you remember, the 51 former intelligence officials called it Russian disinformation. And what about Clapper just writing that op-ed saying that, I never said that, you took me out of context, basically. (laughs) I was going to arrive at that one. But yeah, it's, it's, so, so, so this has been authenticated. You remember this. So you've got the, the guy on the ground who had the laptop, who said this was Hunter's. You had the suppression of the story by Twitter. They made that decision. They've now regretted that. But again, I think that goes to the problem what we talked about in the Twitter file hearing just last week was that you had executives really making arbitrary decisions. They might have had standards that they went by, 
But you saw internal communications going, well, technically this is a violation, but we don't want to be accused of censoring, so we're just going to hit that person really hard the next time they make a, a, a violation. And you just saw this kind of back and forth uh, with Twitter executives. Mm. And for a company that, if you remember in 2019, they build themselves as a free speech market. They said, we want, you know, we want voices. Look, Twitter and every other entity has an interest in taking down child pornography, as an example. Mm -hmm. No one's going to fault that. But when you have just opinions. And they fail at that, too, by the way. There's a huge child porn community, we heard, right, Nick? On oh, Twitter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They got their They're own language, everything, nothing. No. And you have, look, you have the, the, the COVID stuff where you have medical professionals from Harvard University who are making mm-hmm. uh, educated opinion, if you will, on, protocol. on different, but it's a different opinion than what is being carried by the CDC. Mm-hmm. Those were being suppressed. Uh, and so, again, it just, it goes to show the power of some of these companies in suppressing. And, of course... You know, they were asked years ago, do you shadow ban? They said unequivocally, no. Uh, I told the chairman, I said, they just called it a different name. They didn't call it shadow ban. And they called it um, uh, something filtering, I think, was the the sterile term that they used. But again, it just goes – it goes back to the original point. Is they – there were people making decisions at the top to suppress mm-hmm. certain types of speech. And I think that's really dangerous. You know, and, and here's the thing. Not everybody – is on Twitter. Not everybody scrolls through Twitter. But I've always said this, the media uses it as its assignment editor. And that's why it controls the mainstream media. And that's why when when they report on someone being censored for something they said, it causes the media to say, see, look, they're lying to you. And that's why they got censored from Twitter. And then when they get uncensored, because Twitter made a mistake and they should have never silenced that opinion that could have had credible information for people that does not get reported on by the mainstream media. So the mainstream media uses it as their assignment editor. And that's why it matters because people like I don't care about Twitter. I'm never on Twitter. But but the media uses Twitter because that's what they talk about Mm -hmm. is what is on Twitter and what happens to the people on Twitter. Correct. And that's why it's so dangerous. And narratives are crafted on Twitter. They are. The conspiracy theories are crafted on Twitter. Everything is. And the media picks up on it and they run with it. They don't have assignment editors going out and trying to get the story anymore. No. The story is now what's on Twitter. That's why it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Just get, get on my uh, own little uh, no, you know, stage there. No, I think you're but, right. Look, but it's, it's, that's if, how, why it's so important. Look, when, when Google uh, is, when Gmail, uh, fundraising emails from Democrats land in your inbox uh, much more frequently mm-hmm. than Republican ones, and Republican ones were sent to spam. I had yours There's go to problem. my spam. Right. Yes. yes. And so, look, it's a fundraising email, but again, it's you're handicapping one set of voices mm-hmm. uh, to prop up more another. so than another. And mm-hmm. you, when you're fighting against, you know, the big media, big tech, and of course the Democratic Party, like it just you're not getting you're not getting a true dialogue and exchange of ideas. This country has been built on who's providing the best ideas and who can deliver on those ideas. And that's what we've done for generations uh, since the beginning of our country's history. And to have companies and executives at companies who overwhelmingly donate to Democratic candidates say certain types of speech are allowed and certain types aren't. I think is is unconscionable. Yeah, I think absolutely. it's wrong and it's um, anti-American. Is and, what and it so is. The, the the hearing last Communism. week was the first of several. Uh, mm-hmm. You saw Jim Jordan 
uh, subpoena uh, big tech executives just this week. Uh, so we'll be jumping into that that space pretty pretty soon too. You're going to talk about the suppression of the COVID stuff. I mean, you know. Because that 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 was, I think, really huge. Yeah. That's where that narrative started lives. here. It did. I think the narrative started there, mm-hmm. and it got echoed yeah. and repeated in the mainstream media. And then they tried to discredit all these very credible doctors with stellar careers behind them that were having these great were, success yeah. in applying their COVID protocol. Right. And so we had our own doctor here, Doctor Salibi of Carolina Holistic Medicine, who we interviewed last week, saying that he was under state investigation for off-label prescription when, when, you know, he followed all the protocol for doing off-label prescription, but they made it seem like any off-label prescriptions were, you know, really wrong of doctors to do. And they called the medicine all sorts of things that wasn't true. Um, And all of those charges or that investigation was dropped when he was able to present it, um, you know, and say, hey, this is wrong. But there are other people in the state that are being investigated by the state mm-hmm. medical board. All of that is so dangerous for the rest of us who may have gone into the hospital and had some kind of protocol that was deadly. You know, this is where we're, you know, I don't know if you've heard a lot from people who have gone through this with COVID, whether it was a family member or what, what anybody talking about that in regards to the Twitter files? I, I think so. We had that last week. I mean, there was some, some hefty exchange, um, between members of the committee and one of the executives. And the question was, are you a medical doctor? Mm. Yeah, um, actually, yeah. I was proud of Nancy Mace. Yeah. She came mm-hmm. out and she said it and she asked great questions. She did. And she and and the answer, of course, by the executive was no. But they, th- again, this wasn't some like witch doctor in, you know, Cambodia that was coming up with some right. you know, weird idea. Mm-hmm. This was a medical professional, Harvard-educated medical doctor who yeah. had a different idea or a different opinion on the vaccine and and the effectiveness of uh, natural immunity after you've had COVID. Mm -hmm. And because of that, because it differed from the CDC, you had a suppression of that by Twitter. It's so wrong. It really had deadly consequences, I believe. And and like Dr. Salibi said, he believed a lot of this activity was criminal in so many ways because people died. Um, something I wanted to ask, speaking of doctors, what did you make of the doctor's report of, of president, uh, Joe Biden being fit for duty? I guess somebody's worried about job security. I don't know. <laughs> Gosh, what was, what was the term fit? Uh, I'm trying to remember the term, but I kind of, do you remember it, Nick fit and I, I know. fit and nuts. I don't, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> I'm read looking, the report, I'm looking. but I, I would imagine that if fit he said people? anything other than that, you mm-hmm. know, he would have a. He would have to but be people submitted. were asking, why wasn't a cognitive test done? Why wasn't an MRI done? You know, an MRI of the brain could have shown, you know, early onset of Alzheimer's or something like that. Don't you think we should be doing that to all of our presidents? Alzheimer's can set in. Look me. at what's happening with um, uh, that actor from um, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. They just found on- out early yeah. onset early of dementia. Onset dementia. Yeah. I mean, it could happen at any time. And, and the way he's been acting and behaving and talking and walking they blamed the, the way he walks on his feet, but a lot of people say those are signs of dementia. Yeah. That's what Dr. Siegel said. Uh, we played that clip earlier from Fox News. He said there's a lot missing from that report that's more telling than what they're telling us. Correct. So Correct. what can, is any, can anything be done to demand a, a more comprehensive report? No, I think doctor's going to, you know, submit his report in. But I think the American it. people see it. I mean, they... They're concerned about it. They wonder who's running the government because they don't feel like the president is. Yeah.
Well, yeah, a two hundred million dollar jet for a twelve dollar balloon. What's right? up with that? Are you going to have an investigation on that? Oh yeah, we'll be looking into that stuff too coming up. I mean, it's like, why are you shooting that down you, with you, you half a, a million dollar missiles and missing and then shooting well, it you, again? It took a week to take down a real Chinese spy mm-hmm. balloon, but you instantly <laughs> took down, you know, a, a weather balloon by some club. It looks like it yeah. just is. Yeah, from kind of Chicago, strange. they came yeah. out and said that's our balloon. Right. We have a lot of questions about that. We don't understand. Uh, we don't either. We haven't been briefed properly at all. Okay. What and that was hear? the other thing. Yeah. What did, what you, did hear? you hear? Did you hear any scuttlebutt, you know, up on the, on the hill? Because that was a, that was a, frustrated. Look, I mean, we're not getting, we're, we're you know, we're not getting uh, anything from the American people. We're not getting, we weren't even given a warning prior to the shoot being shot down that it was going to mm-hmm. happen here. Right. The American people think uh, overwhelmingly that the president has not handled this correctly, that he has not been forthright. And again, I mean, just yesterday was the first time that he's addressed it publicly. Mm-hmm. And we've known about this thing for two, three weeks or two and a half weeks at this point. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's just ridiculous. And, and people look at the train situation in Ohio. Mm-hmm. This administration is not being forthright with the American people. And it's it's, it's and the people on the ground there are screaming madness. their heads off because Correct. they're like, we, we weren't even told what to do, what how right. to treat, how to fix this. It's it's um, really poor leadership. And we can say it every time. This is Biden's Katrina. This is Biden's Katrina. This is, I mean, he has a million Katrinas already, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, mishandling is, is terrible. Well, Fridays with Fry happens every other week. Thank you so much, Congressman Russell Fry, for giving us the time and attention. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, and come out today, 9 o'clock. We'll be there. Uh, grand opening of our office, uh, 1500 uh, U.S. Highway 17. It's in Surfside Beach, right behind the California Pizza. We'll be there from 9 to 11 today. 9 to 11 today. Free coffee and donuts and can whatever I, else we got. Can I hit your ride with you? And good times. Can I hit your ride with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. He's go. hungry now. I gotta go. I'm hungry. <laughs> He's hangry. He He's hangry. Right. Always hangry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. Liz Calloway and Nick Summers will be back in a few on Talk 94.5.